one day I get a text through my Instagram and this artist hits up, hits me up and says, Hey, I have some really amazing art. I have an amazing story to tell. And you have to realize I get probably an average week of 50 of these requests, but something about this message was a little bit different. And this artist persistent said, I really want to be shared. I said, okay. Showed up to a couple of my live shows. It's like, you know what? That, no questions asked. And now we have some of her amazing art on the wall of the No Pixar Dark Studios. When we get back, we'll hear from her, the artist, Miss Danny. Talk to you. And we'll be right back after these messages. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. We have an amazing show for you folks today. Of course, we're recording live at the No Picks After Dark Studios in Northeast Baltimore, folks. So excited. I want to introduce you to you guys to this amazing artist. Miss Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. And first of all, let me tell you and say thank you for having me. I'm honored. Hey, we appreciate it. We appreciate you and excited to tell your story. You do some amazing art. I'm looking around the room. It's phenomenal and just blends right in. And thank you everything you've done thank and you. whatnot. And so I'm excited to talk with you and yeah. go over everything. All right. Definitely. So, Miss Danny, tell the audience a little bit about you. Are you from Baltimore? Yeah. Well, first of all, my name is Danny with an I. <laughs> I always say that. Gotcha. Danny Wilson. And um, I am. I'm from Edgemere Sparrows Point area, born and raised. I grew up there. And um, I currently reside uh, in Middle River. And that's where I paint full time in my studio. Nice, nice. So what it was like, you know, you were talking about growing up. What was one of your cool memories growing up? One of my cool memories growing up? Yeah. You want cool or happy? Happy, happy, yeah. Whatever you want to do. All right. Well, let's just, uh, I'll tell you uh, kind of a cool one. I can look back and laugh at this now. I burned my father's van completely to the ground when I was seven years old, smoking cigarettes. Stop it. <laughs> and you know, it was funny because I must have been in my 30s before I finally admitted that that was me that did it. So every time I think of my childhood, I have to laugh and think of some of the stuff I did. I mean, you were smoking cigarettes at seven years old? I was. How does it even happen? Yeah, I started drinking at seven also. How, well, we'll get into all that too. But yeah. That's... Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was just um, one of those kids that just when I wasn't supposed to do something, I did the opposite. Okay. So. We'll talk. But we'll go dive in a little dive a little bit into that. So again, it's what about art. Like, were you into art growing up? Was that something passion, or was there somebody in the family who was an artist? Well, um, my father noticed my artwork and that it was really good. And he enrolled me in some classes. And actually, when I was like eight or nine years old, I was painting like an adult, people were telling my parents. And um, so I pursued that for a few years. Um, 
and was really into it. Uh, but unfortunately, at 12 years old, I witnessed the death of my father. He died in front of me uh, with a massive heart attack. And uh, it was years before I ever picked up a brush again. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. That that's that's yeah. That would change some things a lot. That would you say that when people were noticing your art when you were growing up, did you realize you had a talent? No, not until I look back now at the at the artwork that I did, and it was pretty good for a little kid, I think. So it's nothing like what I do today, um, but I still love the arts. Okay, you still love the arts. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to get into like your story, your you know your trials and tribulations because I think that is very fascinating. After me and you have spoke, and you you wanted to come on the record and talk about a couple things and whatnot. Absolutely. So let's let's dive right into it. Real Absolutely. Quick. Okay, so you know, what type of artist would you say you are? I would say I'm an abstract expressionist. Um, I'm self-taught. And I've never had any formal art training whatsoever. Um, but in September of 2016, um, I decided to surrender from what I had been doing in my life. I am, I suffer with PTSD and I also was haunted by addiction um, for many, many years of my life. And um, my my work has definitely changed over the years it it my work reflects how i feel so from from day to day my paintings may differ but for the most part i do consider myself an abstract expressionist okay so it sounds like you know, so you had some rough times yeah um, absolutely I mean, you, we, we'll recap a little bit you started smoking cigarettes at seven years old drinking at seven years old yeah you witnessed your dad pass away yeah at a different age at what time 12 12, or 12. Did you think that that was that the beginning of a spiral, you think, for you? Well, it was because I started with the depression and my mom had me in therapy. And that's when they diagnosed me first with PTSD. And um, because I kind of hid in the dining room while people were working on my father and I, I watched everything. And he was my hero. He was a truck driver. And all summer I would be with him in his truck. And I just remember um, that day somebody took my hero away from me. And that's when the depression started. Hmm. Okay. So when that depression started, did that, you know, did that lead you into a, a different a different route that you never wanted to be a part of? It did. I learned. Well, I I said before that I started drinking at seven, and I did. I would like my my parents had a wine rack, and I would I love that warm feeling that I would get, and that's not normal for a seven year old to like that. And um, but I realized in my teenage years that I could medicate myself with these things and I could stop feeling these feelings that I was feeling that weren't good. And that's when I started to self-medicate myself with drugs and alcohol. Okay. And, you know, we don't want to, I mean, I want to delve too much into it. But when that all happened, you quit doing everything. Like all the art, all the art, everything, you just stopped because... You just had the PTSD and everything else with the, with the alcohol, the self medication, things of that nature. How long did that? How long from that spiral started to when you feel, realized you need to, to surrender? As you said, God, it was over twenty years um, oh. where I literally just survived and existed. I didn't live at all, and um, I'm a former heroin 
um, addict and uh, dr all drugs and alcohol. Um, I was, uh, you know, anything that would get me out of me. But um, thank God that uh, I had a few things go on in my life and, and I decided to surrender. Um, like I said, when I was, I think I was 46 when I surrendered. So you're talking about 20 some years of a life that I hadn't even lived. And my daughter, I have a, a 23 year old daughter and, and she tells me to act my age now. And, and I've only really been alive for six years. Wow. You know, um, when you get sober and clean, it's like seeing things with newborn's eyes. It's amazing. Wow. So would you say that when you surrendered, did you use that when you found art again? I did. Um, but before you, before you go on that, before we go there, let's take a quick break. And then we'll go into how art saved your life. Okay. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welders, and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. And folks, we are back at the No Picks of the Dark podcast with Miss Danny with the I. And we just wanted to we talk about she has some addictions and some trials and tribulations growing up. Has PTSD from, you know, just seeing her father pass away. And we're talking about a little bit about art, how art saved her life. Let's talk, we, we, we left off how art saved your life. What happened? Talk, walk us through this. Well, first of all, let me say it, it, art has absolutely 100% saved my life. Um, art helps us understand things that we might not be able to understand in other ways. And dealing with 
bright colors and in my artwork, it really helped me to not have so much idle time. When I first got sober, I had no idea what to do with myself because I was so used to running a certain way. And I got addicted to this woman's videos. Her name is Priscilla Batzel. And she has her channel on YouTube is Expressionist Fluid Art Studio. And I started watching her videos and I realized I wanted to paint again. And she's the one, she has a saying, um, because I can. She always, she has a book out and it's titled Because I Can. And she really helped me realize how important art was in my life. Mm, that's deep. And when did you first pick up the first paintbrush? Okay, so um, I lived at my auntie's house when I first got sober. I rented a room, so I had to make two meetings a week. I had to keep a job and um, find a hobby. Well, I went out and got some canvases, and I remember setting up at my auntie's um, dining room table, and it just started coming out. And I haven't, I haven't stopped since then. That was about eight months after I got sober. Wow. That I started painting again. And so you start painting and like, how does it feel to get back on the horse of painting again? It feels amazing. Um, with the PS PTSD, unfortunately, um, I've suffered from agoraphobia where I'm actually afraid to go outside. And I have a great therapist, a great doctor, and um, they have really helped me in the last year, year and a half. Um, I would paint paintings and just leave them in my house. I, I wouldn't even show them to people. And um, I'm finally now just getting out into the art world. Wow. So what do you say, like, you know, when was the turning point when you're like, I can do my own art. I can really just make it happen. Like people like want, people like what I'm doing. Like what was that? Hump. Well, actually, this, it's funny because it all started with like the FedEx people or the Amazon people or UPS. When I would open up my front door is my entryway and all of my artwork was displayed and I would get the same uh, same reaction from everybody. They're taken aback or I get kind of a gasp from them and people started telling me how good my artwork was. I knew I liked it but I didn't know if the world was going to like it. And um, that's how I started uh, displaying my art in public and, and putting it on social media and getting good responses. And that gave me the confidence to know that I can make a living doing this. Mm, mm. So th that, that little FedEx and those guys saying, wow, you have great art. You have great art. When was the, like, is there an artist you might copy yourself off of as far as, because you do a lot of abstract art, correct? Well, of course, I absolutely love Jackson Pollock. Um, he's, you know, if we were talking famous artists, and uh, I, I love him. And I never want to say uh, that my paintings are Jackson Pollock-like. No, they're not. They're Danny Wilson-like. Mm. And um, he just happens to be one of my favorite artists. I love it. I love it. So when... You start doing this. How many years did it take for you to take off from? So you said you surrendered and twenty like forty something, some six years old. Then you you stayed with your auntie for a little bit. Mm -hmm. From that point to when you first sold your first piece of art, how many years was that? 
Um, it was probably until I sold my first piece, probably about three years. Um, I painted for a solid three years without selling anything. Um, and that's just, that was just because of me. I was getting in my own way. And um, I needed to step aside and let my artwork take off, which it's now starting to do. I'm new to everybody in the art world, but I'm not, I mean, I've, I, I'm not new to me. I've been around. I, it just, I haven't put it out there until now. Okay. So I guess my question would be, you know, as far as your artwork and whatnot, when you first sold your artwork, how did it feel? It felt amazing. Um, it was actually to a couple um, who was uh, rehabbing a beautiful home in Baltimore City. And when they came in and spent $700 for something that I had painted, it was the most amazing feeling. That painting, they could have paid a million dollars for. It was just the best feeling. Great, great. So they paid. So how did they find you? They found me on Instagram. Really? Yeah, they found. I've gotten a lot of um, really good, positive things happen with my artwork because of Instagram. Wow. So they bought it. You're like, all right, did you hang it for them or? No, actually, I didn't. They, I haven't heard back from them, but um, I'm sure it looks beautiful hanging in their in their beautiful home. Okay, so that's the first one. So you're like, all right, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And I remember looking at your art, and I was like, this is really, really good art. Um, artwork. So then, didn't you have like, work, work with, uh, uh, was it a clothing store or like a retail outlet yeah, you were working with? that's been recently. Um, TJ Maxx has headhunters. All big um, companies have headhunters mm-hmm. that look for artists for them or whatever. And TJ Maxx found me on Instagram, and now... One of my paintings was uh, mass-produced and is all around um, the country and their home goods, the home goods stores. Do they pay you for that, Lise? Oh, yeah. Good. Definitely. And I get royalties for as long as they sell it. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow, that's huge. It's really cool. I was... Did you think you were going to joke? Did you think it was like a joke when they reached out to you? Like, you know what? I've had a couple of... of, of things like that happen and I'm really guarded and yeah at first I'm like oh sure but no it it happened and um it's it comes out the beginning of July wow for TJ Maxx yeah it's um gonna be in home goods because they're the they're the mother company and it's called the painting is titled away home wow that is I love it I love that I love it and like when you're doing that you have something I mean so many positive things going on in your life right now, which is amazing. Um, how do you feel? Like, you know, how do you feel after like, you know, everything you've gone through, you say you didn't even live, you didn't, you were even, you were the walking dead for 20 years pretty much. I was. And how do you feel being alive and being active and giving back and having me and being seen? You know, every day I thank God for my life right now, the way it is. Um, and you and I were chit-chatting prior to our talk. And, and I said, you know, it's how we live our lives. We can choose to live a really shitty life or we can choose to live a good life. And um, I've had, uh, so I mean, coming from depression, agoraphobia, and then have magazines reaching out to me wanting to interview me, it's, it's night and day. And it, this is just beyond my wildest dreams. Now, 
when you make your art, is there a certain audience you make it for? Or do you make it, do you like it? Do you make it for what you like? No, I don't even have a plan when I start out. I just begin my paintings um, the same way usually, and then it takes off from there. But I do paint every painting with, I hope the world loves it. Nice. Nice. And when you have like, like when somebody, like I remember seeing your artwork at Zeke's Coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you know the episode I did with Mayor Brandon Scott, your art was in the background? Yes, I know. Somebody sent that to me. That was so cool. And <laughs> that was one of the um, one of the really special moments of of my life when I, I'm like, wow, my my artwork is getting out there. It's being seen with with mayors and and that was just that was some really cool stuff, you know, when I got that that message. That and was really cool. We had a really cool moment when you came to hang out so hang your art, her art is for sale. So if you want to check out the art, I'll take some pictures. It'll be up for this episode. Her art is for sale. But when she came to hang up her art, I had a special surprise for her. Uh, I I have friends with Mayor, Mayor Emily Keller from Hankerstown. And I remember you reached out and said, this is an amazing episode. Her story was so great. Like, And I had a surprise and I called That's Mayor amazing. Emily Keller Right here in the studio. I got and to say hello to her. I felt like I was speaking to a celebrity. Well, I actually was. <laughs> but just, you know, she, um, she's she been through, not herself personally, but with her friend. Uh, yeah, her friend. And she understands. She's, you know, a very modern mayor. And uh, she understands addiction and, and things like that. And I love that podcast. It was one of my favorites. No, it was it was my treat because I I knew you I knew you really liked the episode. Yeah, and I wanted just and like Mary Mary Emily Keller is always available. And she and answered the phone, and it was just fantastic. It was very cool. She's so great. she's a great person. Uh, definitely somebody to look out for uh, political wise. Yeah. Somebody not to reckon with back coming forward. So let's talk about something. Do you have you had any collaborations for your art? Ah. Uh, it's funny you should ask that because I've got something major going on right now. Okay. I have my very first art show. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. Oh, well, this will be solo out. show. This will be out during the show, I think. Yeah. Yes. So, um, it no, it runs for two months. It runs. Oh. It runs okay. from July first through September. Okay, we will be okay. People gotta come check yeah. it out. It's at the thirty four oh two Art Gallery in the Art District of Highland Town. Okay. Um, is some great folks over that way. I love going on their first Friday art walks and things like that. But they are doing a solo show with just my artwork. Oh, well, how does that feel? It feels amazing. They also, in addition to my paintings, I have a full collection of hand-painted wearable art jewelry pieces. And they carry those there as well. I love it. I love it. And then what I could do also is I am... I'm, uh, I'm really good friendly with the art art community mm-hmm. in Baltimore. I'm a newbie in it, but uh, you know the people from Maryland Art Place. I know them, Matt. They're pretty well. Um, the director lives in the neighborhood, actually. Oh wow! Uh, so uh, she's really cool. Shout out to her, and you know Carrick Ober from Be More Art. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. She helps. And then um, another person who does the Bromo Art District. Okay. So that's something I also, but definitely we can please try. That's the podcast about connecting people who the, un, the voices that are heard. Make sure they hurt. So we can connect with some of those people. Hold you. Hopefully, you know, you can do a show at the Bromo Artwork or things like that. I see people all the time. Oh, that's great. So it's a great thing. And what do you, I mean, so you have art. So you've got TJ Home Goods coming out in July. Mm-hmm. You have an art show that's going to be for two months. How do you feel? 
I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel like a debutante coming out, you know, um, because I, I and, and the thing about me, it's even confusing for me because I, you know, was agoraphobic, but yet I'm so sociable once I am out. And this is just beyond my wildest dreams, what's going on now, um, especially with the show. Uh, this is something that I've longed for for many, many, many years. Well, and we are, and it's exciting. You have your own show. Is your daughter going to come up here and? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, my daughter. She's an artist as well. She's a um, producer for uh, WBOC in Salisbury. Salisbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she and uh, my future son-in-law Devin are going to uh, come up uh, for the opening night. So this question wasn't on the list, but here's a question. Oh no! If you could look back now and look where you where you were. And where you are now, what would you say? Well, if you look at your younger self, what would you say to your younger self now, looking back? If anybody would have told me how things would end up, I probably wouldn't have believed them. And uh, since I was 16, I lied about my age to get a job in an art gallery when I was 16. And they found out I wasn't 18 and fired me. But it's <laughs> just been this huge dream of mine to be in a gallery. And it's finally happening. That's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And what would you want people to walk away from this episode? What, what's, the, what's the message you want them to hear through this episode? I just want every anyone out there who is struggling, and it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. It could just whatever anyone is struggling with, there is an end. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and but only we can help ourselves. Mm. I like that. Yeah, definitely. I like that. So we're going to do a quick speed round. Oh, no. We always do speed round with the No Pixel Dark podcast. We always do it. <laughs> crabs or crab cakes? Well, I'm allergic, so just just say crab cakes. Okay, we're allergic to crab cakes. Okay. What about chicken wings? Wings. What about flats or drums? Drums. Drums. Blue cheese or ranch dressing? Blue cheese. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite season, fall or spring? Absolutely fall. Okay. Um What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received was from my auntie who I lived with. And she told me never to treat life as a dress rehearsal. Because this is it. This is the only one we get. Mm. I don't need to say anymore. Auntie, auntie came with the heat and fire. She did. Where can we find you on social media? And so people who are listening can check out your artwork and, you know, I find you. Yeah, well, um, I'm at Abstracts by Danny um, on Instagram and Danny Wilson on Facebook. And um, one of my biggest things that I want to do is I want to try to work with inner city school kids and teach. I have all this bottled up inside of me and I'm ready to share it because I believe that you have to give it away to keep it. And I want to help you know, bring some other children up with art the way I was brought up and possibly, you know, help them. So if anybody out there uh, knows of any organizations or whatever, hit me up, you know, on Instagram at Abstracts by Danny, and I'd be happy to get back with you. I love hearing it. Thank you. I mean, we really appreciate so your time that you come hang out with us in the studio. Thank you. And just there and just have a honest, simple conversation. And thank you for just sharing your story because a lot of people don't want to tell their story. There's a lot of things that people, you know, they don't want to talk about. 
And, you know, one thing about the No Pixar Dark podcast, we always talk about how, you know, it's not rainbows. It's not no. 80 degrees and sunny every day. There's trials trials, tribulations we're going through. But we always, there's always a light. Absolutely. And, and I'm not ashamed of my past. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of who it's made me. We all have to have... Uh, when when we deal with bad situations and we come through it, it makes us a stronger person. All right. That's Danny with the I. And folks, thank you guys for listening to this interview. Love, peace, and happiness. We're thank out. You, Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances, whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation, or consulting, nonprofit or small business. Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at baltimorefiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.